Parshas Matot and Masay. In Parshas Masay, near the end of the 40-year journey of the Am Yisrael and the Midbar, we find the following Pasuk. Moshe wrote down all of their journeys according to the command of Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down a list, a long list, describing all the places where the nation camped as they made their way through the desert. You know all about it. Every year you listen to the Baal Koyde read the words that Hashem commanded Moshe to write in the Torah. And these are the journeys they set out on. They traveled from Ramses and they made camp in Sukkot. Now the Baal Koyde, if he's an old timer, he says it with a niggin. That's how they read it. With a special niggin for all the journeys they made. I'm not singing the niggin now, but you can imagine. The Baal Koyde is reading. They left one place and settled in the next place. And then they traveled from, then, from that place and settled in the next place. From Chatseris to, to Rishma and from Rishma to Rimun Peretz. And on and on they traveled. And now they are a people in Shul who are yawning already. It's a little bit boring and they're waiting for it to be over. They're hungry. They want to go home and make Kiddush. But we don't go home. We listen to the journeys of the Am Yisrael because we understand that these travels were written down Al-Pi Hashem, by the command of Hashem. And if it came from the mouth of Hashem, it means that it's not boring at all. And according to the principle that all of the national episodes are intended as lessons for each person's individual life, it's more than not boring. It becomes very significant. And we have to study that. Why was it so essential to record these journeys in the Torah? What's it all about? Let's say in the summer, you traveled from Flatbush up to the country, and then from the country to Manhattan for work, and then back to Flatbush, and in the morning back to Manhattan again, and then back to Flatbush. And then before Shabbos, you traveled back up to the country. So you're going to start writing down your journeys and studying them? What's so important about these travels anyhow? What's this business with looking back and writing down of all of the journeys? So we'll take a look into the Sharei Tshuva and see what Rabbeinu Yonah has, said, has to say about this. He's speaking there about the importance of the mitzvah sase, the positive commandments given to us in the Torah. And among all of the very important mitzvah sase, pay attention to the one that he chooses to expand on. He quotes from Devarim, You should remember the entire journey. That Hashem led you for 40 years in the wilderness. That's what the mitzvah is. V'zacharta. You should remember. As kol haderech. Everything that happened. At the end of 40 years, as they were preparing for the next journey, this time the journey over the Yardin into Eretz Yisroel, they were commanded to think back and spend time considering their journeys. Now, Rabbeinu Yonah considers these words of Hashem as a mitzvah saseh, which means it's a command just like tefillin, like sitting in the sukkah. He's telling us that this subject we're discussing here, remembering the journeys, is a mitzvah for us as well. The national episodes are intended also as lessons for each individual in his own life, but here it was actually given to us in the form of an obligation.
Just as the nation journeyed from station to station for 40 years, so too every person is journeying from the cradle to the grave, and he's passing, he's passing through the stations, one after another. And Rabbeinu Yonah says that remembering our own travels is a mitzvah ase mina Torah. And so, like any other duty of the Torah, you're obligated to think back about your journey. You can't shirk your duty. It's an obligation upon each and every one of us to remember the kindness of Hashem. Share Tshuva. Listen to the words. Listen to those words. He doesn't say it's a midas chasidis in a special way of serving Hashem that Sadiqim should take upon themselves. It's a mitzvah ase, he says. We're obligated to remember our own life journey. It's not just a small mitzvah. Of course, no mitzvah is small. But among all of the great commandments of Hashem, Rabbeinu Yonah considers this from the most important because it's fundamental to living a life of avoidus Hashem. It's a mitzvah zaseh of the highest degree. So while you're listening to the Balkoide, while you're listening to that, besides for thinking about the journeys of Bnei Yisrael, you should begin to think about your own journey, about your own journeys. Let's say you're in Brooklyn and your name is Chaim Ben David or Yerochel Ben Sara in Muncie, whoever you are, your own travels are now being written down and it's important to spend some time thinking about your journey through life. If you want to make something from yourself, if you're looking for opportunities to serve Hashem, here is one of the most important. Vezacharta et kol haderech. Everybody is making journeys through this world. Let's say you were born in the east side and then from there you traveled to Brownsville. Visu v'yahanu. And then from Brownsville you traveled to Crown Heights and from Crown Heights you traveled, let's say, to Flatbush. Maybe later you're tra- you'll travel to Muncie. I don't know where you'll go. Maybe you'll go to Eretz Yisroel. You're mechuyov to think about these things. All the things that happened along the way. All of the journeys and encampments of your life. 40 years of experiences. 40 years of traveling through life. And you're, and you're still here to tell the story. And therefore, there's a lot to remember. If you're 40 years old, look back on your last 40 years. If you're not 40 years, look back on your last 30 years or 20 years. Whatever it is, you have to look back. Just the fact that you're sitting here capable of looking back means a lot of things happened to you that were good. And it's a command of Hashem that you should remember. Vizacharta. The tragedy is that this is one mitzvah that people aren't fulfilling. They've become hardened by habit and they, know, and they don't take the time. It takes time after all to think back to their lives and recognize what they've received. And that's how you remain all your life. A hardened old fellow who still never learned to appreciate HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To fill in your war? Absolutely. And Shabbos you kept. No question about it. But if you haven't yet fulfilled the mitzvah of remembering kol haderech, your entire journey, then you still have a big job ahead of you. And that, the sages tell us, was the lesson that HaKadosh Baruch wanted to teach Moshe Rabbeinu on the Am Yisroel. The Medrash on our parsha, Rabbeinu Masai, says as follows. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe, Write down all the journeys that Bnei Yisrael journeyed in the wilderness in order they should know how many miracles I did for them. Because if you don't stop to write them down, 
If you don't make the time to look back at all of the journeys, then you'll never recognize what I've done for you, says Hashem. I caused your enemies to fall down before you. You were always victorious in the wilderness. And it wasn't only the peril of human enemies. In the wilderness, there are many serpents, many poisonous reptiles, and there were scorpions in the desert. I want you to think about what could have been, said Hashem, because that's one of the most vital ways to appreciate what you have. The wilderness was not an easy and safe place to travel. It may seem safe when you're sitting in shul listening to the Baal Qaeda, but it was dangerous territory. Only seasoned, only seasoned desert travelers would even attempt such long journeys. And even the Arabs who knew how to travel in the deserts were careful to avoid the, the wide open, dangerous expanse. They had their special traveling routes through the wilderness and they wouldn't make any sidesteps. There were no back roads in these places. And yet the Bnei Yisrael didn't follow any regular route. They went Alpi Hashem and survived for 40 years in a place where no others would ever venture. They could have been attacked by predators. There are plenty of traveling brigands in the desert. In the desert, besides the scorpions and snakes and other poisonous reptiles, there were plenty of lions too. All kinds of things could, could have happened. In the desert, there are sandstorms that could bury people. And rains, there are sudden rains that come down and make floods that drown people. It happens in the desert. Flash floods that drown out entire caravans. Every kind of illness travels through desert camps. There's a prevalence of all kinds of illnesses. When people are crowded together in one small place, all you need is one ill person to set off an epidemic. And then it speeds like lightning through the whole camp where everybody's crowded together. And yet nothing happened. Nothing ever happened. That's exactly what Hashem wanted them to remember. So that you should know about the miracles I did for you, says Hashem. Now where are all these miracles? Nothing is said about miracles. It says only that they traveled from Ramses and they camped out in Sukkot and then from Sukkot to Asam and from there and from Asam to Pi Hachirus. It's not written here that anything happened. So what remembering of miracles was there to do? Nothing happened. They came from here and went to there. And that is the answer. That's actually one of the greatest lessons. The fact that nothing happened is the greatest kindliness. When things don't happen, that's good news. It's tremendous news. That itself was a great nace. They were able to travel from one place to another and they finally arrived despite all the possibilities that could have happened. And therefore, when we read about the Masois, that they traveled from there and they came to here. All of these are miraculous demonstrations that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was hovering overhead and protecting them from every kind of mishap. Because in the wilderness, anything and everything could happen. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, write down the journeys and spend time speaking it over with the people. You have to spend time remembering that it was me who took you on those journeys for 40 years in the Midbar. And every one of us has to realize that our own lives are no different. Every, every mishap, every pitfall, every misfortune could happen. Maybe there are no scorpions or snakes in Flatbush, but there's worse. I don't want to say what, 
But there's worse than scorpions in New York. And there are drunk drivers and sicknesses. There are ill people who cough in your face. Anything is liable to happen. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us that it's a mitzvah's assay for each one of us to remember our journey and how he hovers over us always. Now, if you think that sounds queer, if it sounds like just something nice to say, maybe something to say over the, to the girls in the Beis Yaakov, that means you're far away from thinking according to the Torah. Because people who fail to look back and appreciate all the good things that they had in their lives, their minds become stullified, hardened by the daily grind. And they're missing out on one of the greatest achievements of life. And that's why Rabbeinu Yonah quotes David HaMelech. He backs it up with a pasuk from Tehillim. Hashem yitbonenu chazdeh. Let, let them mediate, let them meditate on all the kindnesses of Hashem. And the Chayvus Alavavas talks about this too. Pages and pages about remembering the Chazdei Hashem. And so wherever we turn, we see that it's considered an obligation to look back. You can't be ignorant of your past. I'll tell you a Chiddush now, but don't laugh. Even as far back as the months of his conception, he has to reminisce. That's also part of your journey in this world. And it's important to reflect on that too. You know how many people don't survive that dangerous era? And that's why David HaMelech said, it's in the Gemara that he said that, that, that you have to get busy singing Shira to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even for those nine perilous months at the beginning of your journey. It was you who was in that situation. It wasn't a stranger. And the stages of development before you were born, one after the other, were of the greatest concern for you. Not only at that time, but for the rest of your life. The slightest mishap, chas v'sholem, before a person is born, would leave him a balmum. He would be blemished forever, sometimes so seriously that he is incapable of living normally like most others. And sometimes his entire life is ruined because of just one wrong development inside of his mother. What could have happened, Khalila? A thousand and one things. You could have been born with a thousand and one different defects, chas v'sholem. When you were born normally, it means that hundreds of thousands of things went perfectly. It's nisay, nisim. And therefore, if you, are, if you are a normal human being, even if you're almost normal, you don't realize how much you have to be happy. If you're here right now, that means you've seen miracles. It means that you've gone through it all and come out a success. That's also included in the derech you have to remember. It's the first of the journeys of your life. So now you tzaddikim can test yourselves. Are you grateful to Hashem for that part of your journey? Don't say, I don't remember. How could you bother me with such things that I wasn't even aware of at the time? That's called negligence. The benefits that accrue to you in those early years are benefits for which you're held indebted to all your life. And that was only the beginning. Because when you finish considering all the endless nisim of that nine-month journey, then you started your journey into this world. That itself was a ness. And so much happened when you were a baby. How many things you could have swallowed? You could have swallowed needles while crawling on the floor. And when you began toddling as a little boy, now you're moving around even more and the danger only increases. 
You know how many times you could have broken things, including, including yourself? You know how many windows you could have fallen out of? Do you know how many accidents you were prevented from having? Look back on your life and think how many times, chas v'sholom, in your childhood you could have been subjected to crippling illnesses. How many times as a child you ran into the street without looking? You were romping around in the street. You know how many car accidents could have happened? How many times were you a little child sitting at the table holding a knife or a fork and you fell off the chair and nothing happened? It wasn't only once. By the way, little children shouldn't be allowed to hold forks because if they fall off the chair, it could go into their eye, Khalila. You have, you have lost your eyes, Khalila. You could have lost your eyes, Khalila. It has happened, and not once. Let's say when you were a little boy and you found a bullet. It's a true story. I once found a bullet when I was a little boy. I took it and stuck it between the boards of a wooden fence because I wanted to experiment. So I took a hammer and a nail and I banged it against the back of the bullet. It exploded in my face. My face was full of blood. Full of blood. I, Khalila, could have lost my eyes. It wasn't the only time. I remember when I was four years old, I fell off, I fell off of a pile of wood. They were building something near my house and I was playing there. And I fell off of a pile of wood and landed on my face. And I had to have stitches. But that piece of wood could have poked into my eyes. How could I ever forget such a thing? Hashem saved me. All our lives are filled with sakanas, with dangers just like those. And we've been rescued again and again. Ve'al tishkechi, don't forget, kol gemulav, all of his kindness, says David HaMelech in Tehillim. Most of you still have both of your eyes. Baruch Hashem, look back. If you're sitting here, that means you've survived journey after journey, one encampment after another. Nisei Nisim. And you have to write down in your mind, Al Pi Hashem, what he did for you. And what else could have happened, Chaz Shalom? Don't ignore the Chaz Hashem just because you didn't see the peril that came. Don't think you have to see the danger and then be rescued in order to appreciate it. No! How common is it that a person doesn't feel, is unaware when he's being helped by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, without the danger ever being known to him? Gemara Yoma. Here's a man standing on Ocean Parkway on the corner. It's a true story. And a car jumped onto the curb and he was crushed. He was struck down right there on the corner. And that means you have something to think about. How many times were you standing on a corner waiting for the light to change and nothing happened to you? Vizacharta. You have to remember those times you encamped on the corner waiting for the light to change. And then you have to think back and remind yourself of your journey across the street. How many times did you make it across the street safely? Visu v'yachanu. And then visu v'yachanu. You went from this side of the street of Ocean Parkway to that side and you made it. And not only once, hundreds of times. You have to take time to remember those journeys when nothing happened. And in order to give a tip, a hint of how lucky you are, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you examples of people who didn't make it. On our travels through life, things are always happening to others. And now we understand one of the purposes, to wake us up so that we'll remember how lucky we are and that we're here. I look back on my history. I saw so many people pass away young. Nebuch, Nebuch, 
Nebuch. A friend of mine was 14 years old when he passed away. You should think about that. Not every 14-year-old wakes up in the morning. Another friend was a little older when he got sick and he passed away after a painful illness. We're expected to learn from what happened to others. Friends, neighbors, acquaintances. And it didn't happen to us. Baruch Hashem, it didn't happen to me. We should look back now and count the myriads, tens of thousands of blessings Hashem has given to us. How many times even the small misfortune did not happen? How many times everything went right in our lives? Hundreds of thousands of times things went right. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, don't neglect that. I know. I know the nature of human beings. They're too lazy to, they're too lazy to think about how many years of boring days, days and days when nothing at all happened. Night after night, when all that happened was that you slept peacefully. That's all. You know what a pleasure, a peaceful night is? You want excitement. Hashem could give you lots of excitement. In the middle of the night, you'll get up to use the bathroom and you'll find that nothing comes out. You can't urinate, Khalila. Or your heart might stop pumping, and now Hatzalah has to come with sirens and lights. Excitement, lots of excitement. Oh, unvei. For that kind of excitement. Peace and quiet are very great blessings. Boring days are a blessing. You're walking down the street in the summertime and you're perspiring. And you're thinking maybe of some cool place. You'd like to be in Maine or some other place. Who needs Maine? Think of peace. Think of the peace you're enjoying right now. Shalom. A very great happiness. Don't make any mistake about it. Quiet is a great happiness. Your daughter didn't call in the middle of the night that she's having trouble with her husband. There's peace by your children. It's a tremendous simcha. You know what a pleasure it is to, to live b'shalom? You're 60, years, you're 60 years old already and you, never, you were never drafted into the army. That's part of the derech. You traveled. You traveled from birth till age 60 and you were never in a foxhole with bullets flying over your head. You should thank Hashem for that. Wars are no fun. I remember World War I. So many boys didn't come back. They died like flies in battle. Even, joy, even Jewish boys didn't come back. Maybe you don't remember, but I was watching when they took young men together in a public square, men of all ages, and they all had to march out to fight wars. So instead of the excitement of marching to battle, you're sitting in your house on Shabbos with your wife and children, and you're eating meals, big meals, and singing Zemiris. It's a happiness. The truth is, we are the happy people. It's a happiness. To live for a purpose. Going to shul in the morning is a happiness. It's fun to go to shul. It's a pleasure to daven with your chaverim together. It's a pleasure to keep Shabbos. You bathe in warm water and you put on a beged naki. And then you sit down with your family and eat a special suuda. And then some people take naps. Nice long naps. Only that we don't think about it at all. And so we remain blind. Stop and think about how many Shabbos Udus you ate in your life. Mountains of chulant, mountains of kugel, barrels and barrels of chicken soup. And most of you eat during the week too. 
If it were, if it, if it would be possible to take all the food you ate this year and pile it up next to you, it would be a mountain of food. A mountain taller than you are. A mountain of food was consumed by you in just one year. Expensive, good food. Not to mention all the delicacies and dainties that you downed and all the things you drank. So not only are you journeying, but you're being provided with refreshments along the way. A person who thinks back to the journeys, the Eile Masse of his life. So he begins to understand the great happiness of daily routine. The fact that nothing has happened is in itself shalom. The fact that you woke up in the morning is a simcha. You went to work every day. That's a happiness. Look back on your life and say, I spent so and so many years working, more or less, you made a living. Once in a while, you even received the promotion. You're married, you have children, you live under a roof, don't you? You're not living on the streets with all of your worldly belongings next to you in a shopping wagon. You have to think about that. How many nights did you spend sleeping on a park bench? For most of you, the answer is none. That's a lot of nights. Many, many nights, many nights that you slept in a bed. Imagine now, you're a successful man. You built yourself up a big business. You have a beautiful home. You have a big family. It's a good idea. Go back to where you were as a boy, someplace in Harlem, let's say. If it's not safe to go there, so get a bodyguard and stand there for a little while and think. Look where I was so many years ago and look what happened to me all the way in between. Take the time to think over all the things that happened to you. You were worried for the future. Who knows what could have happened to you? You could have become a nobody. Don't forget what Hashem did for you. That's the point. It's the great principle. You have to remember. Now, once a person begins to fulfill this obligation, once he begins to take this mitzvah seriously, he begins to view the entire panorama of his life the same way the Am Yisrael did in the Midbar. You'll also see that the Anane covered of Hashem were protecting and guiding you, even at times when you thought you had what to complain about. If you look back at your life's history, you'll be amazed at the things that happened that protected you and caused things to turn out in the best way for you. So many things that at the moment seem to be an unhappiness, a disappointment. And you look back now and you see that it turned out to be a very great kindness for you. I don't want to take up your time, but I could tell you stories that happened to me again and again. I have at least four instances when Hashem did something. And at that time, at the time, I thought it was a terrible loss for me, a failure for me. And these four failures saved me. Four times in my journey through life. There's much more than that, of course. But I remember right now four times when I tried to do something and I failed. And I now look back. Every day I look back and I say, Baruch Hashem, that I failed. If I would have succeeded... I wouldn't be here today. I'd be ruined. I just received the regards from a man in Eretz Yisrael. He called me yesterday. He grew up as a youth in a Midwestern city. He was an Amaaretz Gomer. He knew nothing about Yiddishkeit at all. And then he became sick. He had a nervous breakdown and ended up in a hospital for a long time. And in the hospital, the chaplain gave him a copy 
of rejoice, O youth. This boy had never heard anything about it. And he read the book and became a new person. One day he shows up at my door. That's how I found about him. He showed up at my door and told me this story. So I sent him to the South Marashtibel and they took care of him. They gave him a job and he grew a big beard and now he's in Yerushalayim. Besides the big beard, he now has a big family too. How did he jump from a Midwestern city, a boor who knew nothing and now he's a Talmud Chochem in Yerushalayim with a big beard? Because the nervous breakdown saved him. Now he has to look back on his journey and say, I thank you, Hashem, for the nervous breakdown that saved my life. Once a person learns that Hashem is guiding him on his journey, so he can spend a lot of time reviewing his travels in life. There are many things like that in life. We had a man here in our shul, a hardworking man, who never had a chance to come to any of the shurim in Gomorrah. Even to davening, he couldn't always come. He was working like a slave in his shop. One day, he took an order for merchandise for a huge from a huge store, a big order from a stop and shop store, a chain store. And he didn't know that this store was already a customer of someone else, someone in the mafia. By accident, he took away a customer from the mafia. When they saw that he took away their, their customer, so at night they came to his shop and they exploded his store with a bomb. So he came running to me early in the morning. What should I do now? He was afraid for his life. The mafia was after him for stealing away a customer. So the first thing I said was, where's your car parked? In front of my house in the driveway. So I said, right away, hurry up. They'll bomb your car. Take it and park it five blocks away from the house. And then I said to him, do you know who this person is whose toes you stepped on? He said, he knows. He knows who it is. I said, call him up right now and tell him you're quitting business. Tell him that as of now, you're resigned. You're closing up shop. He called him up and the mafia man said, oh, is that so? I'm so sorry to hear that. If I can be of any help to you in the future, please let me know. So now he's out of a job. You know what happened? He had to get a city job. And now he started coming to shul every day. He started coming to shiurim. And after a while, he became a shtikel lamdan too. And now he's teaching others gemara. He's a different personality now. He probably should call the mafia man once more to thank him. If he could find that mafia man today, he would have to run over and kiss him. He saved his life. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Spend time thinking about what you have. Remember all the benefits I gave you. We all have our stories. You survived so many things and you're still here today. And therefore we begin to realize that one of the most important of achievements of a Jew, besides doing certain mitzvahs, certain specific mitzvahs, is the very great mitzvah of Shirulo Zamrulo. You have to say Shira. You have to sing to Hashem and make music to Him. You have to spend time thinking what you had from all the way in the beginning of your journey. And so the man who fulfilled this mitzvah of Vizacharta, of thinking Kol HaDerech, his journey through life, has fulfilled the great mitzvah Sase. The obligation to remember always the kindness of Hashem. And yet it's a question. 
Why does Rabbeinu Yonah consider this mitzvah so fundamental to, to avoid this Hashem? It's a mitzvah, yes, and it's a happiness too. But why does he say that it is from the Ma'alot Ha'el Yinot, Ha'el Yonot, the highest of virtues, and the reason, Shinivra Ha'adam, that man was created? And the answer is as follows. The reason why we serve Hashem, the catalyst for our mitzvahs and the Torah, and for all of our avoidance Hashem, should be a feeling of gratitude to Hashem. It's not what I say. That's what the Chavos says. That remembering all of the Chazde Hashem is fundamental for anyone who wants to be an Eved Hashem. Gratitude is, to, is supposed to be the foundation for all of your service to Hashem. Why do we do mitzvahs? Only as a way of thanking Hashem. Every mitzvah is an expression of gratitude. That's what the Chayvah Salavavah says. And it's a very important point. The real Avoidus Hashem means serving Hashem out of gratitude. When you are grateful to Hashem, you serve Him. Why can I pay back? What can I pay back to Hashem? Kol tagmuli alai. For all the good things he did for me, how am I going to pay back Hashem for my whole life? And so the most you can do is serve him with everything you have. Now all this, if you tell it to people who learn, they might laugh at it because they didn't learn these things. They learned that avoidus Hashem means you have to be careful with Shemitah Salashim. They learned that it means doing Maasim Toivim and learning more Torah. All that's true. But they never learned the Hagdama. The preface to everything. Before everything else, number one is to say, thank you Hashem for everything you've done for me on my journey. You have to realize the beginning of Avoidus Hashem is to think what Hashem is doing for you. That's the foundation, the rock foundation of serving Hashem. The first thing is to realize, Baruch Atah Hashem, what you did for me, that's number one. If you want to be an Eved Hashem, you have to first feel a gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If you can't feel gratitude, if you never thought about what you have to be thankful for, if you never spend time remembering the details upon details of the Chazdei Hashem, oy. And once you begin studying the Eile Mase, all of your journeys, you'll see the details are endless. We're talking about the mitzvah of remembering Kol HaDerech, your entire journey through life. How many days pass by without anything serious happening to you? Thousands and thousands of days that you didn't have any car crash. You didn't have any serious illness. No litigation in court. How many times you went to your job and you succeeded. You did business. It's a happiness to do business. Baruch Hashem. How many days went by without a broken bone? Thousands and thousands of days. And even the doctor. You didn't have to go to often. Even if you're a hypochondriac who likes to give business to physicians. There are some people like that. But still in between, there were days you didn't go. And most of us sometimes months or years pass by without going to, to a physician for anything serious. Baruch Hashem. Not to mention all the laundry that you used up. All the days when you were able to put on fresh clothing, fresh underwear and socks. How many apples did you eat in your life? How many cherries? How many peanuts? How many herrings did you consume? How many eggs did you eat? How many tomatoes? How many chickens?
All this has to be considered, and not just with a fleeting thought. You have to spend time thinking about your life. You're walking in the street tomorrow, so spend one minute fulfilling this mitzvah zaseh. Think about all the days of your life that were free of headaches. There are people who live all their days with headaches. They're migraine people. They live under a shadow, under a cloud all their lives. They get up with a headache, go to sleep with a headache. Some people are suffering from arthritis constantly. Even the slightest movement pains them. Yet you are walking around, your joints are lubricated, and they swing freely in the sockets. Think about how many days you lived pain-free again and again. You can't pay him back for all that. It's impossible. You're mortgaged to him. You're up to your eyeballs in debt, and you can never pay him back. So you want to find favor in his eyes, something you have to do. So the least you can do is to serve him. That's called avoidah. And therefore, we're obligated to feel at all times that all the mitzvahs we do are only an expression of hoda'ah. That's the panemius of all the mitzvahs. You want to know the soydas, the toydas anistar, behind all the mitzvahs? That's it. Hoda'ah, gratefulness, paying back. That's the yisod ha'yisoydas. If you want to know why we have to do everything, then you, then you have to know that. This is the requirement of a servant of Hashem. And there's no way around it. That's the klal from the Chayvah Salvavas. The more a person receives benefit from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the more he's required to produce avoidah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As you get older, you have to become better. You have to become better and better. Every day you owe, you owe more and more of a debt to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so the older you are, the bigger is your obligation to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to serve Him. And now we understand that a man who is older is required to become better. Look, you live to 30? Think about other people you knew who didn't make it to 30. You're 30 years old. Baruch Hashem. What are you going to do as a result? You must do something to show your appreciation to the one who kept you alive. Something you have to do. You hit 40. You should be even more excited. I made it. I'm 40. 40. Ben Arbim Libina. 50. You're almost an aristocrat already. Many people didn't make it to 50. So Hashem expects more and more of you. 60 is Zikna. You reached Zikna. So more and more is expected from you. And so you'll have to spend more and more time in avoiding Hashem. How else could you show appreciation? You have to go to more shiurim than ever before. Not like some people think. Now they reached a certain age. Maybe they can retire now. Travel to Florida. Sit by the boardwalk and waste away. I met a man yesterday who told me he was 70 years old. I congratulated him. 70 years old. 70 years old. Think about what a chiv you have now of, of Zacharta. The obligation to remember your masters, your journeys, and to thank Hashem. You have to get busy thanking Hashem. Shirulo zamrulo. He gave you 70 years. You can't just say 70 years and that's all. Even to rattle off the years one at a time is not enough. 70 years you had breakfast. Lunch and supper. 70 years you used your eyes to see well. For 70 years you've been breathing, filling your lungs with Hashem's oxygen. 70 years you've had sunlight and the pleasure of seeing a blue sky. 
70 years of having clothing every day. 70 years you had a bathtub and a base hakise. You had running water in your house for 70 years. Suppose you pass 70. You're 80 now. So you should become wild over Hashem. You have to begin doing all kinds of things for Hashem. Things that you never thought of before. The older you get, you have to become more and more devoted to Hashem. Because of, your, or because of the journeys He led you on. But nobody should wait until they're 80. Even if you're 8 years old, or 18, or 28 years old. You're already heavily in debt to Hashem. Only that we walk through life without thinking at all. It's a tremendous lesson you're hearing right now. If you want to see a picture of a man who serves Hashem, don't think that if you walk into a place where a man is shaking a mile a minute and his face is very serious, that's the man who's serving Hashem. It could be. It's the man who's walking happily in the streets. And his mind is involved in looking back and trying to recall all the chas de Hashem from even before he was born. That's the oiv de Hashem. And how many are there like that? We must admit, not many. And that's why we're hearing it tonight. Because it's so important to learn that this is called Avodah Hashem. Not remembering, we have to know, is not merely that we are lacking a certain Midas Chasidis, lacking piety. No, it's a very great iniquity. It's a very great sin not to remember. That's the lesson of Eilimase. You must think back and remember, because the biggest of all of our sins is the failure to recognize what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing for us all the time. The daily success that He gives us, the good fortune that causes our lives to continue in the regular, unbroken routine without accidents, without misfortunes. That's a very important lesson. It really is a nace. And you can, you can include that in, in that Hashem does Nisim constantly, that, that things are always turning out right. Only the ungrateful person is always concentrating on the other things and he's always displeased. He's angry and upset because like the Rambam says, the Tov is always more than the Ra. But it's the bad that people spend time considering, while the good is always forgotten. And therefore, as much as you can, you have to spend time writing down all the journeys that you traveled from the beginning of your life until now. Write about it in your mind. All the masses, all the journeys you've been through. And as you fulfill this mitzvah more and more, you become more and more perfect in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the more you spend time thinking about everything that He's done for you, the more you've built the foundation for a life of true avoidance Hashem, serving Hashem with gratitude. Have a wonderful Shabbos.